Welcome to Peak City Church. We pray that this message fills you with hope and encourages you wherever you are. Also, follow us on social media at Peak City Co. to stay connected with us. Be blessed. Hey, buddy. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You look great today. We got a packed house. There ain't nothing better than hearing chairs clanking around during worship because they got to set out more chairs, man. That's a beautiful thing, Andrew, ain't it? Andrew's smiling at me. I got you, boy. Hey, I want to say a shout out to everybody that's watching us online. We always got, you know, a couple hundred people joining us online. Let's give it up for them. Celebrate that. Can't wait to meet you. In person, we know, you know, most of us in the room, we started watching online before we ever came in person. So we know that uh, these people are probably gonna be a part of our family in the weeks to come. So can't wait to meet them. And uh, if it is your first time, welcome, all right, welcome. It's a big deal to come to church for the first time. And uh, I wanna give a special shout out to some friends of mine who are here. Uh, we actually got to host a conference here over the past three days from people all across the country coming together to do hard things and to grow personally. And uh, many of them are joining us at church today. So man, let's put our hands together and welcome anybody that came for the first First time, love them. Love, love, love. Whoo, man. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and share this story. Why not? Um, last service, we so this service we got like several baptisms planned. Like we know there's some people that are getting baptized. If you didn't know, baptism is the public declaration of a private a private decision you've made to start following Jesus. And so for some people, it's like the first thing. They, they, they decide to follow Jesus and they get baptized. For other people, they decide to follow Jesus and there's some time, right, in between that decision and them going public. And so we've got some people scheduled today to get baptized. It's awesome. We're gonna open up to anybody that wants to get baptized. Uh, but last service, we had zero people uh, planning to get baptized. So I was like, this might just be an end of a service and we're done. And uh, this young seventh grade boy came back and he said he wanted to get baptized and he's with his dad and uh, we were getting changed in the bathroom stalls back there and I was celebrating him I was pumping him up and then his dad goes hey uh, hey Petey um I've never been baptized and I was like do you want to he's like I do so we baptized together we baptized his son and then switched places and baptized the dad next baby Kanye said there ain't no church in the wild I disagree church in the wild baby so we'll see what happens today, man. Um, if you have a Bible and you wanna get there, we're in John chapter one. John chapter one will be in verse 43. If you don't have a Bible, no sweat, we'll have the words on the screen for you. I want to, um, I want to meet a deep need that is in the heart of every human soul today, <laughs> right? Like, I think some of you guys have been searching for many, many years in your life um, to meet this deep void that every single one of us have. Some of y'all have been searching to fill this need for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I talked to a guy in the lobby last service who said he's in his 70s and he's just now having this need met. And um, I, believe, I believe God wants to do something special in it today. I've got, um, many of you know this if you're new, I'm a dad, I've got three kids. I've got a 10-year-old, seven-year-old, five-year-old. I gotta retrain my brain because they're all about to have birthdays. So it's about to be six and eight and 11. Um, but I've got two boys and a girl. So our youngest child is a girl, a little baby girl. And I always wanted to be a girl dad, right? I, I prayed for years that, I, that, that God would give me a daughter and they gave me two boys. And I was scared that I was never gonna have a daughter because I knew we can't handle more than three kids. 
All right, some of y'all got more than three kids. You psycho. That's, that's psycho land, man. I was like, three, I'm out. And uh, we were blessed to have Tatum, our little sweet baby girl. And she's got me wrapped, right? She got me wrapped around her finger. Um, Brittany always gets mad at me because like with the boys, there's no way I would do half the things for them that I do for Tatum, right? Like I'm trying to discipline them. I'm trying to raise them up to be men, right? I ain't treating them like little, little boys. They're men. With Tatum, it's like whatever she wants, she gets, you know? Like last week I was making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for her and she was like, dad, I don't like this bread. It's got these little seeds in it. And immediately I was like, oh, just, just give it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll pick them out. I got you, I got you. And Brittany's like, stop it. You're spoiling that girl. Um, but she is, she, like, she is legit my spirit animal. Like today, she's so excited today because she's been requesting all week long. This, like she is my spirit animal. She's been re- requesting all week long that we just go eat barbecue for lunch. I'm like, how, could, how can you be so like me? It's so perfect, I love it, right? Uh, about a month ago though, she, she had this really weird request about a month ago. She said she wanted to start wearing a sleeping mask. I'm like, where did you learn about a sleeping mask? I'm like, I just wanna wear one. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, there's no way she's gonna sleep with this, with this sleeping mask. Now she's gonna get it and it's gonna be wasted money. Sure enough, this girl every single night puts this sleeping mask on and looks like a little puppy dog. And it's, I, I mean, she is like those cheeks. I can just squish those cheeks every night. I just go in and just squish them. But it's so funny, when she first put this mask on, she was like, she's like, dad, and she, she, she puts it on, she goes, dad, hey, dad, can you see me? And I was like, yeah, girl, I can see you. She's like, Whew. she took it off. She's like, that's so crazy. I couldn't see you, but you could see me. I was like, yeah, that's how, that's how, how it works, baby. That question, can you see me? All right, can you see me? I think that question is a question that so many of us spend so much of our lives asking. Can you see me? Does anyone see me? Does anyone understand me? (laughs) Does anybody get me? Right, like we ask that question all the time, can you see me? And and it starts early, right? Like when you're in middle school, you're in high school, some of y'all in it right now, you start doing some things that don't even make sense. They are not even a reflection of who you are just so you can be noticed. Because deep down, right? And I mean, this is why teenagers struggle so much to relate with their parents and to have a, a close relationship with their parents because they don't feel like their parents understand them. They don't feel like their parents see them. You know, and you would think, you would think, right? You think that deep insecurity, that deep hole would go away. You get older, you get more mature, you think it'd go away. It doesn't go away. It just changes, right? It changes. It, it, it masks itself differently. You, you start looking to be noticed and seen by your boss, right? You start looking to be noticed and seen by, your, by a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're like, and, and you start surrounding yourself with people that you think see you, right? But then it still doesn't get met. And then you get older and then it starts masking itself in different ways, right? Like that insecurity when you get older, it starts to mask itself in, 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 the, in the veil of not insecurity, but superiority, right? You go like, man, these young bucks these days, they don't know. They don't know what it's like to be me. Man, these, these Gen Zers, I don't know about them, man. They don't know what hard work is. You know all those comments about like, I haven't walked a mile in my shoes, man. These, all that is from the older, us, us older folks in the room, all that is is insecurity. It's just us expressing our deep, deep need to be seen. <laughs> we don't feel seen. We don't feel understood. And, and then it keeps going, it keeps going. It gets so ugly because then like, man, once you get a little bit older, then it starts manifesting itself in like midlife crisis. And you start saying, well, forget it. If nobody's gonna see me, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna do things I've always wanted to do because nobody sees me. Or it might push you into a shell and you just push everyone away, right? And you end up isolated and alone. I'm telling you, I've done too many funerals. 
I've done too many funerals to, to, to not tell you this. Many, many people go to their grave never feeling fully known, fully understood, or fully loved. Can you see me, right? Can you see me? And I believe um, that that need of yours uh, is going to be met today, right? That's why the title of my message today is, I can see you. I can see you. I can see you. You guys ready to get to work? <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna back up for a second. <clears throat> Has nothing to do with the message. Culture, culture moment, okay? I know for some of you, you come to church every single week and it's just like, yeah, that's what we do. We go to church, right? We go to church, right? And it's just normal, right? Like it becomes routine and you just come in and most people come into church and they're just like, all right, what you got for me today, preacher boy? What you got for me today, band, you know? And um, you will never get all that God wants you to get out of church coming in like that. If you're a Jesus follower in the room, if you're, if you're following him, you better come in ready. You don't come in on your heels. You come in leaned in ready. Like here's the deal. If Jesus were in the room, how would you listen to a message and how would you worship? Woo! You'd be like, let's go, let's go. If Jesus were here, how would you celebrate? How would you listen? How would you, you'd be like ready. Let me tell you, Jesus is in the room right now. He's here. So let's back up again. You ready to get to work? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on two bang energy drinks this morning and I am Conor McGregor style. I apologize to no one. John chapter one, verse 43. <clears throat> this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He's not known by anyone yet. All right, nobody knows him. He's getting ready to start preaching. He's getting ready to start healing. He's getting ready to start building this big ministry and nobody knows him. But he knows, he knows, he knows it's gonna be big. So he's gotta recruit some dudes to come alongside him, right? And so he recruits a guy named Andrew, a guy named Peter. They were fishermen and they're like, man, fishing's boring. So heck yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus, let's go. Then he recruits a guy named Philip. All right, and it says in verse 43 that the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. So Philip, we don't know what he does for a living, but we just know that he had spent some time with Jesus and he found Jesus to be interesting. He found Jesus to be intriguing, enough so that he would abandon his life and just follow him, right? So he knew there was something special about Jesus, but he's also feeling a little bit awkward, right? It's like, if you come to church by yourself, if you're here by yourself, you know it's hard to come in by yourself, right? It's always easier to come to church with a friend because if the church is weird, <laughs> if the church is psycho, you got somebody to kind of walk out with and then you at least have a good story to share together, right? <laughs> So he goes and he finds his friend, Nathaniel. All right, next verse says, Philip found Nathaniel and he told him, we have found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And he says, Nathaniel says, Nazareth? <laughs> Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Right, it's like a little hometown jab. That's all it is. It's like somebody taking a little jab at the city next to him, right? Like it'd be like us in the room being like, the north side of Colorado Springs, can anything good come from the north side? I'm kidding. Some of y'all are like, I'm from, I live in the north side. It's like Pueblo. Can anything good come from Pueblo? <laughs> Denver, my God. It's like Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? He's a little skeptical, right? He's a little skeptical. And I love Philip's response. He just says, come and see. Come and see, said Philip. And I think there's like a small mini message in there for those of us in the room that do follow Jesus. It is very difficult in the 21st century America that we live in to not feel the need to defend God, 
to not feel the need to squash all the skepticism and criticisms that people have. I mean, a lot of heinous things have been done in the name of Jesus over the last 50 to 100 years. Past that even. And it's hard as a Christian to feel like, man, I can't invite anybody to church because, man, they're skeptical and they got doubts and they got issues and they've watched the news and they've seen the, the bad examples of Christians. And I feel like God just wants to release you from that and just say, all you gotta do is say, I've found something special. I found Jesus and it's working for me and it's changing my life. And so all I'm gonna tell you is you should come see, right? Every single one of us in this room, we should be telling people on a regular basis every single week, you should come and see, you should come and see, you should come and see. Because you don't have to defend God, God can defend himself, right? He says, come and see. And so Nathaniel's like, all right, I'll come check it out. I'll, I'll give it a chance and watch what happens. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. One translation says that Jesus looked at him and said, here is the man, there ain't a false bone in his body. Could you imagine if Jesus, like God in flesh, saw you walking towards him and be like, stop it y'all. Hey, here's someone who's got character. Here's someone who's got integrity. This is like a real man. This is a real woman. Like y'all need to take note. This, like this person ain't messing around. You would feel so like, oh, Right, like, oh, Jesus said this about, about me. And Nathaniel's a little freaked out because Nathaniel has never met Jesus. He's never even seen him, right? And so his response is naturally, he says, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you while you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip even called you. I saw you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. He went from skeptical, what good can come from Nazareth, to I'll worship you, let's get baptized. All because Jesus just looked at him and said, I saw you, I saw you, I saw you under the fig tree before anyone was there. When you thought you were by yourself, I, I saw you. And it was just that one line. It was just that one concept. And he went from skeptic to believer, right? From agnostic to all in, from that one line. And so your CSI, like law and order brain, right? You're like, you know, you binge watching some crime documentary on Netflix and you're trying to figure out who it is. Your brain should be kicking in gear right now, right? You should be like, all right, all right, all right. This don't make sense. He was a skeptic and then he believed. So the only question you got to answer is what happened under the fig tree? <laughs> Right, something happened. That was, apparently that was a big, big moment because Jesus said, hey, I saw you when you were on that fig tree. And Nathaniel went, you are God and I'm in. So what happened, right? What happened? And you can start to maybe fill in the blanks, right? You can start to maybe come up with some stories like maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe Nathaniel was having, you know, sitting on that fig tree. Maybe he was having a really, really dark, embarrassing moment. Right, like maybe he was having a moment where he was glad that he was alone because he was thinking some things and processing some things that were not good. You ever been there? You ever been there? You ever been up late at night considering options that you know would destroy your life, but for some reason they seem appealing? You ever been there? You ever been there when you're, you're, you're by yourself and you just, maybe you woke up and you remember last night you did some things with some people and you had some regrets and you're just like, who, who am I? 
what have I done? And you're just so glad that nobody was there. You're so glad you were alone because you were thinking some dark things. You were tempted with some dark things. And maybe Nathaniel's having this like dark night of the soul, you know, like maybe, maybe Nathaniel's sitting there under the tree and you know, Jesus said, here's a man of complete integrity, complete character. Maybe Nathaniel was having this moment where he was feeling the weight of his reputation start to crush him. Like, man, everybody thinks I'm perfect. Everybody thinks I got it together and they don't know, man. Maybe, and I know some of you have dealt with this, I've dealt with it. Maybe some of you have had this moment where you're sitting there and you're like, man, everything is good by everyone else's standards, but I just want to escape my life. I just want, I, I wanna be done. Maybe Nathaniel's having one of the darkest nights of his soul right there under the fig tree. And I've been there. I know many of you have been there. I can, and it's so funny because like, when it comes to the darkest moments of your life, you can always replay the movie really quick, can't you? Like I can, I can replay the worst moment, like the best moments of your life, they go by like a blur. Like my wedding day, oh man, when Brittany and I got married, it was like amazing party, food, awesome. I don't remember none of it, <laughs> it's like a blur. The good times go by like that. It's the bad times that you can go back and replay the movie whenever you want, right? I, I, can, I can go all the way back to when I was 17, 18 years old. I remember where I was, I was in my bedroom and I just got back from a party and I was doing all kinds of stupid stuff, racking up all kinds of regrets, chasing girls, doing drugs, all of it. And I remember getting back and everyone thought, oh man, fun PD life at the party, right? I was in my bedroom on my knees praying to a God that I didn't even, I wasn't even sure if he existed and I was crying my eyes out. And I was saying, God, if you're real, will you please help me? God, if you're real, will you please rescue me? Will you please pull me out of this pit? Because I hate who I have become. I can remember, like, I, I can remember, because I can remember, like, I can see it in my mind right now. Like, I was sitting on my bed, at, at, at my bedside on my knees, and I can remember the moon, how it looked, like, coming into my window. Like, it's, like, that clear. Maybe Nathaniel's having one of those moments. You know, maybe it was, maybe he's in the fight of his life. Or maybe, maybe it's the opposite, right? Maybe under the fig tree, he's not having a bad moment. Maybe he's having a great moment. You know, like a, like, a, like a moment of deep, deep, deep gratitude. You ever have those moments where like life is going amazing? You know, I feel like in Colorado, it's easy to have those moments. You can just pull off on the side of the road, like look at the mountains and be like, God, thank you. You know, it's, a, it's, it's just amazing, right? Like there's, there's moments where you see your kids playing in the backyard or you're with friends and you're like, this life is so good. And you just have these moments of deep gratitude where you go, God, there's so much suffering in the world. Why do I, why am I so fortunate? Right? Maybe he's having this moment of incredible gratitude, right? Something happened on that fig tree. Here's the deal. We will never know what happened on that fig tree because what happened on that fig tree was a special moment between Nathaniel, and he didn't know it at the time. It was a special moment between Nathaniel and God. Nathaniel thought he was all by himself. He thought nobody was there. And Jesus comes along and says, oh, I, I saw you. The fig tree. I was there. See, that's why I think, I think God wants to say to someone in this room right now, someone deep in your heart, I think he wants you to hear this, that when you were at your absolute worst, he was there. <laughs> when you were, I know somebody in this room, when you were fighting over custody for your kids, he was there. Even if you didn't believe in him, your belief in the existence of God does not do anything to the actual existence of God. 
you might've been completely ignorant of his presence and his presence was with you the whole time. He was with you when you relapsed and you went back to the thing you promised yourself you would never do, he was there. When you went back to the person that you said you would never go back to, when you went back to the addiction, when you, when you stepped into something that you knew was gonna hurt you and you didn't even care, he was right there with you the whole time. He was with you in the valley. He has never left your side. And, 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 he was with you on the mountaintop. When you've experienced the greatest success of your life, you think it was your success, it was actually God helping you. It was God fanning you into flame. It was God putting wind in your sails. He was there for the best. He was there for the worst. He's been there for you all along. The presence of God cannot be outrun. He was there. He was there for you. He was there with you, right? In the, in the, in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, he was there, he was there. Right? It's, why, it's, why, it's why Jesus is so powerful. You know, Jesus, I, I love how the author of Hebrews puts it. Hebrews says that we don't have a great high priest in Jesus who's unable to relate to us. We have a great high priest that was actually tempted in every single way that we are tempted so that he can relate to us, right? So that he knows, it's like he knows, he knows he was with you. He was with you in the highest of highs. He was with you in the lowest of lows. There's nothing you can do. See, there is no such thing, you have to catch this. There is no such thing as an alone human you cannot be alone. You can hike out in the, in the trails of Colorado. You can go off the beaten path if you want. You can get as far away from humanity as you want. And guess what? You are still not alone because out in them woods, God is there and mountain lions are there. <laughs> and both those things have the capacity to end your life. <laughs> You're not alone. Now, follow the, follow, the, follow the dominoes. Follow the dominoes. The logical dominoes that should play in your mind right now. If God has been with you all along, if his presence has been with you all along, even when you didn't believe in him, even if you don't believe in him right now, if, he, if he's been with you through the highs and the lows, if he's watched the whole movie of your life, follow the dominoes. That means that he understands you. That means that he gets you. That means that God is looking at you right now the deepest parts of your soul, he wants to look you straight in the eye and say, I see you. I know you. I get you. I understand you. I know why the struggle is so hard. I know why the temptation is so real. I know, I know, I know. And, and again, follow the dominoes, follow the dominoes, right? The dominoes just keep falling. If God has been there all along, if God gets you, he knows you, he understands you, right? That means that deep need in your heart can be met right now. That means you can stop searching for everybody else to, to understand you and get you. That means you can stop being frustrated with everybody in your life that doesn't understand you right now. Some of you all are living, come on, you know this, you know this, you know this. Some of you in this room are living your life with so much underlying frustration because somebody doesn't get you, right? <laughs> Some of y'all are sleeping next to a spouse at night and one of y'all is going to bed at peace and the other y'all is going to sleep thinking, this stupid person does not see me. Some of y'all are thinking, how can they live with me and not see me? How can they live with me and not understand my need for financial security? How can they live with me and not understand my need for communication? How can they live with me and not understand my need for quality time? How can they live with me and not understand my need for sex? Am I stepping on tomatoes right now? How, how can they live... How could they be right there? And you're so frustrated. I'm telling you, you are searching. It's not that they can't understand you at all. 
But I'm telling you, you would be able to let go of that frustration if you understood you are searching for something from man that can only be found in God. You, you are searching for a need to be met by a person and that need has already been met in God. I'm saying some of you get frustrated every time you walk in your extended family's doors. It's gonna to get too real in here. Some of y'all are sitting next to that, them extended family members right now. And you think, how could they have raised me and not get me? Some of y'all are living with low-grade frustration towards your extended family because they have raised you and lived with you for years, and yet they still don't seem to be able to put themselves in your shoes. It's because they, they can't fully. It's not in the human capacity to truly, 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 at a deep soul level, be understood to that degree. That's why, that's why, you gotta catch this. We end up forming tribes of people that are like us, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. There's some good, there's some good in shared values and shared community. But you know this, some of you know this, you can be in a room full of your peers and feel all alone, right? You can be in a room full of people that do the same things you do and feel like nobody gets you. It's because you're looking for something for man. Like uh, it, was, it was a couple of years ago, I was in a room full of pastors. Weird room. <laughs> and uh, we're all there for like one purpose, right? Like get your needs met, right? Like share the burden with one another. It's hard to be a pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, he's like pouring his heart out on one of these nights we're together. And he's like, man, it's just so hard to be a pastor. I'm like, I'm dying under the weight of my congregation. Like, I just can't keep it. Like, everyone wants to have dinner. Everyone wants to have coffee. Everyone wants to. And then like, I've got on top of that, this like administrative burden. I've got, I'm buried in emails and I can't even respond to all of them. I've got, like, it's just so much on top of preaching. I just can't do it, right? And this guy from across the room, <laughs> he looks at him, he goes, oh, buddy, buddy, it just sounds like you have a delegation problem. You should have seen the fire in that guy's eyes. He was like, buddy, and this guy was from a bigger church, bigger resources, all that. He was like, buddy, you just need a full-time assistant that can answer all your emails for you. He's like, I can't remember the last time I answered an email. You just have a delegation problem, buddy. Every time he said the word buddy, I thought there's gonna be a murder. <laughs> I thought for sure somebody's about to die in these streets. There's about to be blood in this, in this room full of pastors, right? We all just desperately want to be seen and known and understood. And I'm telling you, God is looking at you saying, yes, you need to find your people. You need to find people that love you and know you and want to, want to be with you and get to know you. But at the same time, you cannot look for complete and total understanding. Your, your tribe will never fully know you because only God can fully know you. And the minute you start looking to him for that, the minute you let him meet that deep need, you are going to get to such a bigger and more full life. See, it's a big deal to some of you right now. I can feel it in the room. I, can, I love moments like this. I can see on some of your faces that right now, for the first time in your life, you think there's the possibility of that soul need being met. God sees you, right? It's transformed. And for some of you, it's like Nathaniel. That's all you need to hear today, right? Nathaniel's like, God sees me, I'm getting baptized, let's go. Some of you, that's all you needed. You needed God to look you in the eye and say, I know everything about you and I see you. I know everything about you and I see you. I see you, I understand how hard it is. I understand, I get it. And your heart is so full of that, right? It's a big deal to you, but I want you to hear this. It's a big deal to you. That's small business to God. That ain't no big deal for him, right? It's no big deal for you to be seen by God. Of course he sees you, right? It's like, it's like my kids on Christmas morning. If you, if you got kids, you know this. Like you buy your kids all these gifts. And it's like, we spent too much money on Christmas this year, right? But they're gonna love it. And they open up all the gifts. And what's the thing that they love to play with the most? 
the stupid cardboard box from Amazon. It's like, that's what you wanted? I'd be a rich man if I knew that. I think God's looking at somebody saying, oh, that's, I'm telling you, I've got so much more for you. Because look what he says to Nathaniel. Nathaniel says, you're, you're the son of God, Rabbi. I'll follow you, right? Jesus said, you believe just because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? That's all it took? He said, you, you will see. Notice he says, he says, I saw you, I see you. And then he says, here it is. Now you will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. He's like, you about to see things that you never dreamed of. You see, there's a lot of power in God saying, I see you. There's a lot of power in you being seen. There's a lot more power in you seeing. There's a lot, there's a lot of power in you looking within and being like, oh my gosh, the, the deepest needs of my soul have been met. There's a lot more power when you look up and see what God is doing in the world. You're, you're about to get exposed to a full life like you have never seen before. The minute you take the, the focus off of yourself, you, but here's the deal. You can't get to this place where you start to see all that God's doing in the world, all that God wants to do in your friends' lives, all that God wants you to be a part of. You can't get there until you freaking get over yourself. We live in a culture right now that is so hell-bent on looking within, on discovering us, me, me, me. That's great. God wants you to know who you are. God wants you to grow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what God would much rather you do? Stop worrying about your stupid self and look at everything he's doing in the world. <laughs> he's doing so much. I'm telling you, I have, I have not done everything right as a Christian. I'm telling you right now, I, could, I mean, I confess my sins up here all the time to you guys. It's like a mini counseling session for me. I've not, but one thing I have done well, my wife and I have done well, is we have done our best to not worry too much about what other people think of us, to not worry too much about what happens to us. I mean, we've sold everything we own multiple times to move across the country and just be a part of what God's doing. I've tried so hard. Like when I was sitting in my bedroom that night, crying out to God, that was the beginning of a transformation process in my soul. And I started like that next year, I just wanted to be a part of everything God was doing. I started skipping school to serve at church. <laughs> I was skipping school all the time anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but... I just wanna be a part of what God was doing. And I just, I've tried as best I can to not worry too much about me, not worry too much about what does the world think of me? Where do I fit? And do people understand me? Like I've got people in my life who are very close to me who do not get me. That's all good though, right? Like God's, God gets me. And when I, when I make that transition and I start focusing the aim of my life on what God is doing, oh my gosh, I see so much. I'm telling you, I'm a, I, I can just tell you from, for me, I've been following Jesus for 20 years and I am a satisfied customer in this. I have seen Jesus do more in my 20 years of following him. I have more stories of life change than most people will gather in their entire 100 years on this earth if they're lucky to live that long. I have seen addictions broken. I have seen marriages healed. I've seen atheists walk through that door and get baptized. I've seen, too, I've seen churches succeed when they should have failed. I have seen too much to ever go back. And it's, I'm telling you, it's not because of me. It's because I've lifted my eyes up and seen what God is already doing. If you would lift your eyes up and stop worrying, stop focusing so much on yourself, you would see that God wants you to not, not to be a part of your story. He wants you to be a part of his story, what he is doing in the world. See, if you'd lift your eyes up, you'd see everything different. <clears throat> you'd see everything different. You'd see Jesus on the cross different. 
Yes, Jesus on the cross. Jesus stretched his arms out and died on a cross so that you could be forgiven of everything you've ever done. That is beautiful news for you. But you know it's bigger than you. Jesus stretched his arms out and died on the cross so that forgiveness could be accessible to the world. That means every person that's sitting alone in a prison right now who's held back because of a mistake they made in their youth and they have no prospects of getting out, now all of a sudden, they have hope. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Jesus resurrects from the dead. Oh, that's amazing, that's amazing. That's why we sing, right? It's amazing. I love the resurrection. I love singing about it. My favorite part about Peak City, anytime we sing about resurrection, y'all go wild, it's great. It's awesome. Resurrected Jesus means you don't have to fear death. For the follower of Jesus in the room, you ain't gotta fear nothing. Death is the crossover from this life to the next. But it is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Lift your head up. The resurrection of Jesus is not just for you, it's for every person right now who's dealing with cancer. <laughs> it's for every person who's sitting on a hospice bed right now. It's for every family member who just lost a loved one. There is, it's more, it is bigger than you. And you, if you would lift your head up, if you lift your eyes up and see all the guys are telling you, you would be blown away. You would find a God who is worthy of surrendering your life to. I think sometimes we don't surrender our life to God because we're just like, man, God, what are you gonna do for me? What are you gonna do for me? Yeah, it's great. God wants to meet your needs. But man, if you'd lift your head up, you'd see a God that's worthy of laying down your life for. You'd see a God that's worthy of getting in front of a bunch of people and getting baptized for. <laughs> like some of y'all haven't gotten baptized and you've been in church a long time, but it's just because you don't wanna get up in front of people. Do you understand how big God is and how much he's done for you? Trust me, this could be the beginning of you finally stop. You, you, this, be, this could be the beginning of you no longer living for your stupid self. And I'm gonna say it's stupid self because y'all, we stupid sometimes. It could be the beginning of you finally living for God. You finally turning the aim of you, turning you, lifting your eyes up and living for something bigger. And I wanna give you the chance to respond in that. That's what we're gonna do for the rest of the service. So we're gonna respond to him. We do it every Sunday. This Sunday, because it's, Baptism Sunday, um, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna stand you up in a second, we're gonna pray. And when I'm done praying, I'm gonna walk off these steps and out those doors that you came in. And I'm gonna wait back there. And if you wanna get baptized, if you wanna make this your day, uh, I want you to meet me back there. You just walk out these seats and go back. We're gonna be singing and worshiping and celebrating how big and good God is together. And I want you to meet me back there. If you didn't come prepared to get baptized, it don't matter. We got everything for you. We came prepared for you. We got shirts, we got shorts, we got undies, we got it all, baby. It's just, are you ready to respond to God in that way? And so for those of us in the room that have already been baptized, we've already been following Jesus, this is the time for you to celebrate and be reminded, be reminded of how good God is. Every person that gets in those, those waters, be reminded of your moments. But remember, it's bigger than you, right? It's bigger than you. We're part of a, a, a city-changing movement together. And so let's do that. Let's stand and let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, 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 we love you and we are grateful. <clears throat> we're grateful that you love us like you do. God, we're so grateful that you see us. God, we don't have to go searching this world over anymore <laughs> to find someone that understands us and find someone that gets us. God, you get us. You've been with us all along. And so I'm so thankful for that, Jesus. And God, I pray right now in these moments that you would stir something deep in our hearts that wants to live for you, not for ourselves. God, I pray that you'd stir something up in us that wants to see what you're doing in the world, not just what you're doing in our lives. 
And God, for anyone that feels the conviction to take a big step today and get baptized, give them the courage and the confidence to do so. And we celebrate you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly recordings of Sunday service and follow us on Spotify and Apple Music for weekly audio recordings and podcasts.